Hello and welcome back to Did You See? It is a podcast where each week two friends, myself, Dan, one of those friends, and himself. My name is Max. That's really disconcerting. Get together and ask and answer each other the question that friends have been asking and answering since the dawn of stuff to talk about. Hey, did you see? Lead it right in with something I'm pretty sure you probably did see, Max, but hey, did you see that Scott Derrickson dropped out of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? I did. Over creative differences. Sounds like Ant-Man Part 2. Derrickson apparently claimed the decision was mutual, but I... Uh... I mean, that's what happened with Wright. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Like, you want to go, you want to zig, I want to zag, so... We're both going to yep. step away from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't even in production yet, so... Yeah, it's, it's a little alarm. That was the, of all the, what is this, Phase 412 or wherever we're at Whatever the next run of Marvel films is. Yeah, this was probably the one I was particularly looking forward to because oh, yeah, it was going to be the, great, and yeah. It was going to be the MCU horror movie. Uh-huh. And yeah, with Derrickson at the helm, I thought it was a good choice. I thought he did a good job on the first one. He's a history in horror, and I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately, we got dunked on. Yep, yep. We just, uh, we just got dunked on. And it's yeah. a real shame because, like, I don't know. I don't even think I've seen anything else he has directed except for The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is not his best work. No, it's not, not a stellar. There's some cool concepts in it, but it's not stellar. I think you'd like Sinister a lot. Yeah. I was I went into Sinister with a big like this is gonna suck nuts attitude, <laughs> and I was actually really impressed with Sinister. Well, hopefully, this doesn't like put him in movie jail for a while or anything. No, I mean it didn't for Edgar. I don't think it will here. I think it's just kind of a hey, listen, I'm this isn't for me, and it seems like Marvel is just like cool. Well, that's not for us. So, you know, what I mean, as opposed to us both going in without. Like, you know, half caring about one version or the other. Let's mm -hmm. try to, you know, take another shot at it. A little mulligan. Yeah, a little mulligan. I'm, little mulligan. I'm also just hoping they don't get, like, you know, just, like, next director number 12 or anything. I, I mean, my like, there were parts of Ant-Man that I liked a lot. And again, I'm just basing this off Ant-Man because this is very, very similar in what mm -hmm. happened. But you could definitely tell there were parts that were very Edgar Wrighty. Yeah. In there, like, you could tell there were parts that, like, kind of were left from when he was working on the project, and those were the parts I think I gravitated towards the most. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, it's early enough in this project that somebody can really come in and really make it their own, because that's, to me, have been the mark of the best Marvel movies. You have um, Ryan Coogler, right, is the one who directed mm -hmm. Black Panther. Yep. And, I mean, I thought that was a Marvel movie that felt like Coogler was doing a good job with it. There were definitely elements of Creed kind of ensconced in there and his directorial style was in there plus it felt like a really well done marvel movie i mean i thought it was a solid one and i feel like when somebody can really come in and take a marvel movie and really kind of get their hands in there and really need their version of it together it's when it tends to work the best yeah yeah uh and you know it's i guess it's cool that he's staying on as an ep at least so he'll like derrickson will still be involved in the production and but... he'll get paid good for and, him <laughs> yes and he will get paid which i'm sure was probably a condition of his leaving yeah but i just i don't know man it's tough doctor strange is a weird uh, it's of the marvels like i know a lot of people are like well i can't believe guardians but it's like yeah guardians kind of had star wars uh -huh. to go off of like what's the last mystical 
movie franchise that we've had. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a rough one. Yep. Like even the sword and the sorcery movies tended to lean more on the sword part of it. Like even going as far for a lot of them to be called sword and sandal movies. Yep. And the sorcery part, like a true sorcery part of it, is something we really haven't seen that didn't feel kind of cheesy, pulpy, exploitation-y. And uh, Doctor Strange didn't feel like any of those. It felt more like uh, more like an Eastern-style movie at certain parts, obviously because of the kung fu elements, but just the the style choices, the bright colors, a lot of it really felt like that. So I'm, I'm interested to see what a new director can do and try to make that all feel feel like it works which is a tough a tough ask out of doctor strange it's it is a big question so it'll be interesting but yeah i don't know we'll see what happens that's all we can do i'm i'm optimistic at least like i like benedict cumberbatch a lot yeah Mm-hmm. so you know you know dan you know what you know about lots of things low budget horror I have known about these things, yes. Uh, did you see 2017's um, short... It's a short internet movie that kind of picked up some buzz uh, called Your Date Is Here. Heard of it, didn't see it. Okay, so the same guys who made Your Date Is Here just recently released another short called Fear Wish. And these two cats are Todd Spence and Zach White. Uh, their collective is Midnight Video, which is a great name. Mm-hmm. And these two dudes, this is kind of their shtick. They're breaking into the indie scene right now, and they're working on some larger projects. But in the meantime, and kind of to get their feet wet, they've done a bunch of these shorts. Okay. Uh, Your Date Is Here was a Fantastic Fest selection when it came out. Um, It's just a good, it's like the, it's a mom and her daughter. They're playing like Mystery Date, essentially, but they can't call, you know, they can't use Mystery Date. Uh And um, the shtick is that like the guy is like this, He's called like the creep or the weirdo or something along those lines. The dweeb. Again, the dweeb. And he, uh, it's like, he's like, it ends up getting real creepy and there's a telephone element to it. And like the creep call or the, the dweeb calls on the telephone and it gets really, really fucking creepy. Huh? Uh, it's a pretty neat little short. If you ever get, I mean, it's all available for free on YouTube. So if you get a chance, everybody out there, you should watch it. Dan included. Yeah. And today I watched um, Fear Wish. And it's okay. It's I don't think it's as good as your date is here, but it does a really good job of a few things. And I really the reason I kind of gravitated towards it for this particular podcast is because I like to find cool things on the internet, and I think that this is doing a lot of cool things, and it's doing a lot of things right with uh, a horror short, which is cool. Um, it kind of sets up the whole thing: is this guy he's sitting at a he's sitting at a coffee table. He looks like. Like he's just, you hear him breathing and he's like really nervous or upset. Mm-hmm. And you see this flashlight click on and off at a fireplace. Okay. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And you see the guy and he's on a phone with somebody. He clicks as the, you know, it's kind of getting into the, from the intro. He clicks the flashlight a third time and there's like a bunch of piles of money that appear in front of the fireplace. Hmm. And he's like, okay. And so the guy's on the phone and he's talking to his buddy and it lays out this like, whole shtick, I don't know if it's the flashlight that has the power or, like, gives you the wishes, but you have to wish for something that you want, but then you have to wish for something that you're afraid of. Mm. So the guy then, and so that's the shtick, and his buddy's telling him about, like, he, you're good, I survived it, you can do it, and I know you really need this, so 
You know what I mean? If I can do it, you can. It's like, so it immediately gets you like really nervous. You're like, okay, so we just, he, they just did this great prover right at the beginning that if you click the flashlight three times, it does the thing you want it to do. Hmm. And so it's like, okay, what is the fucked up shit that this guy is afraid of that is going to appear when he clicks this flashlight three times? So yeah. it's like great build, really, like you get tense, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a really exciting prospect. The concept's really simple but really interesting. They keep it super vague, so you're like, oh, like you don't, you just can immediately suspend your disbelief because you're like, I'm on board, sure. Yeah. Uh, the guy does a great job. The buddy on the phone does a really good job. They're both excellent. You know, I mean, excellent little bit of playing back and forth off of each other. And um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought it was really solid. It's like um, three and a half minutes long, and the credits probably take up half of. You know what I mean? Uh, like maybe like almost a full minute. Oh, wow. So, you know I mean? It's only like a two and a half minute short. There is a jump scare. Just be aware of that. Do uh, hate jump scares. I hate jump scares when I don't know they're coming. If somebody gives me a jump scare warning, I'm in because I get excited. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But if I don't know there's a jump scare and you know what I mean? Like not that I get upset. I jumped, right? Like when there was a jump, I jumped like, oh, shit. But mm-hmm. I just don't. I think it's. It doesn't take away in this particular case because they do such a good job of setting up everything that you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. What's going to happen? So I knew I was going to get, you know, I mean, I was in, so I knew I was going to jump at something, even if it wasn't a true jump scare, but they do set up for a big jump scare. So just be prepared for that. Thank you. Um, Because I don't like, I don't like the not a warning. Like, remember like the old, uh, like do this thing. And then like, it's just like a picture of Linda Blair with a really loud noise that pops up like in the middle of you trying to do it. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah, so like that, like those were. I was never a big fan of those. I think it's really cheap, um, but they don't cash in for cheap here. So I just think it's fair to give everybody a jump scare warning. But I think it's really cool that these dudes can do these, and they do them for very, very little money. Mm-hmm. And they don't do. It's just these guys. They don't really have a big crew for um, Fear Wish. They just did it with the stuff they had. They had um, oh, that's cool. The Sony A7 uh, I, and they're just like, okay, cool. We'll work with this. And they had like two panel lights and one of those little uh like the uh what are they called like the ice style lights like the little bar lights mm-hmm. and they're like this is what we had so we just decided to go ahead and use this because we don't need a ton of light the sony does an amazing job picking up low lights, so we didn't really need uh you know i mean they really didn't need much yeah so yeah it was uh sony a7 III um one singular lens it was a 2470 lens which is probably the kit lens if you get the camera in a package deal. Probably. Um, two one by one LED light panels and one LED light stick. Wow. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if you're into filmmaking or you're into low budget, I think that's really inspirational. These dudes just did it for their couple thousand dollars worth of equipment. Uh-huh. And again, we talk, we've talked about this not per se on this podcast, mm-hmm. but we have talked about kind of en masse how a short especially shorts like this especially internet consumable shorts are all about a good story with everything else being good enough and if you emphasize we've talked about it a lot if you emphasize good sound quality you will be able to get there you don't need a fuck ton of money you can use your phone camera just have an an external source for capturing your audio that's something better than you know just don't go super bottom tier if you have 1500 bucks spend a thousand of it on your audio Mm -hmm. like just if you if it sounds crappy they're going to turn it off instantaneously and we've kind of battled that 
throughout all of our stuff, right? Something's too quiet, or we had an issue before with a uh, converting from XLR to uh, eighth inch. Yep. Um, creating a weird thing. If there, if the sound is a problem, people will complain. If visually it's kind of a little grainy or it's a little whatever, people don't care. They think it's a style choice. So uh-huh. definitely uh, look at these two shorts, midnight video. These dudes are doing something pretty interesting and unique. I do like so, uh, I do like horror shorts better than I like full length horror. So a lot of times it's really though. I mean, like look at Lights Out, right? Like that David F. Sandberg who would go on to do um fucking Shazam, mm-hmm. doing a thing with his wife in his apartment. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like it doesn't get much more inspirational than that. It doesn't. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So Max, I'm gonna keep us in the horror the horror realm. All right. Which is weird for me, but yeah. Uh, did you see that Sci-Fi is producing a Child's Play series for their mm-hmm. network uh, with Don Mancini and David Kirshner? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I saw that. It's interesting. Um, Sure. I mean, if you want a little murderous doll, let's do it. Yeah, I've never, like, I didn't see the reboot from last year with Mark Hamill as Chucky. I didn't. I'm not a huge fan of the original or anything else, but I saw this and I was just like, huh, 30 years and we're still on that chestnut, aren't we? I mean, Don Mancini's been behind all of them up to the the remake with Mark Hamill, including uh, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like all of them. I mean, he was in through the thick of the, in my opinion, the garbage with like Seed of Chucky. Yeah. I think Bride of Chucky is somewhat endearing, mm-hmm. um, but I don't love it. He I think it's directed certainly... Curse and Seed. I, see, I believe that I uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, Child's Play three, um, like kind of at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like Child's Play two all that much, but I think there's some elements to it that are really interesting. But I fucking love the original. It's just Tom Holland knocked it out of the park with that movie. Well, it's fucking terrifying. It's so good. The aspect of you not knowing if Andy is just a fucking psychopath and he's blaming the doll for the, like he gets the doll and then he's like now I have an outlet to murder people and they, like it's like oh that's really interesting. Yep. And I think that uh, that first one really has elements that none of the other ones go back to capture. But I do think once uh, they just kind of went full tilt like horror comedy over the top bullshit with uh, Bride of Chucky, it worked a little better again for a minute. But then Seed was just woof. Mm-hmm was real bad and i didn't watch um cult but i've seen curse which i think curse is not bad uh the, but cult i did not see the only one i've ever seen is the original that's so good yeah i've only ever seen child's play never seen any of the sequels i mean i remember when you know, bride of chucky came out and it was a whole thing and uh you know jennifer tilly and everything else and i remember all the everything but nah i it was never really for me um but this is interesting because it's also going to be on uh, regular cable. Yeah. So a horror series on regular cable can only be so insane. I mean, The Walking Dead definitely kind of pushed the envelope on what we could get away with. True. But, yeah, I mean, uh, sci-fi, not really. Like, I thought uh, Channel Zero had its ups and downs, but I thought it was largely successful. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that sci-fi can actually get a property that's not like, they have one or two that are like pretty strong, but I hope they can actually add to it and finally get a horror property that does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Be great. Yeah. Be interesting. Give uh, I think sci-fi really has been floundering for about uh, 15 years now on what their identity is. Mm-hmm. 
You're right. Like, they've been through several different periods where wrestling's been on the network. They've just sort of been everywhere. And so I'd, I would like to see them actually be able to to just, you know, have a nice hit and redevelop their identity. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how the hell you make Chucky into a series. Like, I'm just not sure. Yeah, like, I'm so... trying to rack my brain because I was going to ask, put you on the spot and be like, how would you develop this as a television series? Like, Dan, they come to you and go, Dan, here's an obscenely large check. If you can make this a thing, what do you do? Yeah. And I just, I'm racking my brain to try to figure out how the hell would I make Child's Play or Chucky, like the idea of this possessed doll into a long form television series that could potentially go for multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Polygon article that I first saw while I was looking at something else entirely um, says that sci-fi basically claims that a vintage Chucky doll is found at a yard sale and terrorizes an American town while exposing its hypocrisies and secrets. Several characters from Chucky's past, friends and foes alike, show up to expose the truth of the killings, unwinding the secrets of Chucky's origins in the process. I mean, I could see it if they go into, like, this Chucky's a real possessed doll, right? Like, I don't know if it's Charles Lee Ray or not, whatever, mm -hmm. be that as it may, but it's like this doll is occasionally murdering people to try to find a particular host, because uh -huh. that's been Charles Lee Ray's shtick, right? I gotta get out of this doll and into a body. Yeah. Okay, and like this, like if it's a suburban area or something, if it's yard sale related, like we're talking about suburbia, um, it gets picked up and it starts to maybe expose a lot of the kind of things that people are trying to kept under the like, whole like behind closed doors kind of thing. So you could maybe get a more dramatic element to it. And like mm -hmm. the doll is kind of the back, the murder doll is kind of the backdrop for this could maybe make it interesting, but that is a, that is a hard sell. Yes, that would be. That's a lot, and it's asking it, a lot. It is. It requires a hell of a writing team, and I, I mean, or you know, writers' room. And I really hope that they're up to the task. There's potential there. Oh yeah, it sounds like you could do a cool thing with that, but I just like I don't know. Not me either. I don't know. Holy segue, Dan. Did you see that Batman actor Burt Ward claims that ABC gave him pills to shrink his penis? What the fuck? No. <laughs> this is a real thing that Burt Ward has come out to say earlier this week. Um, so apparently he wants everybody to know that his dong is bigger than you would think based on how they shot the show. And for like three days, they gave him these, a doctor hired by the network gave him these pills to kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of shrink yeah, it up a little yeah, bit. Uh -huh, uh, shrinky dink. Yeah. So he uh he stopped after three days because he wasn't he's like i don't i like my penis and i mean he was definitely of penis using age as robin like i could see that yeah. being a oh, top yeah. priority at and that he, was point in, in he was in really good shape and yeah he was on oh a, yeah he, he was on a huge tv show yeah he was a teen heartthrob in the mm -hmm. 60s so um he stopped using it and he told them that he wasn't going to so they tended to just kind of try to make him as opposed to like you know giving him slightly different wardrobe or something uh -huh. um <laughs> He uh, they, they would shoot around it, use the cape, try to get him to like, you know what I mean? Kind of, I don't want to say tuck it back, but do his best um, to do so. And he also, in the article I'm reading, uh, goes on to say that they did, in fact, pump up the volume on Adam Wee's parts a little bit. <laughs> Adam West wearing a Packer. Yeah, so 
all interesting things back on uh, you know early sixties ABC. Oh my god, <laughs> Bert Jervis. I mean, I'm learning sure. how that's his actual his actual name. Yeah, and he yeah. Took, he Which... took Ward because he thought Jervis would be hard to pronounce. I mean that again very of the time right like your name's a little foreign it's a little too ethnic for yeah. our network. For abc yeah come on those are letters those are america letters <laughs> you silly I just bastard do a little a little piece of little piece of math here uh 1966 to 2009 you had 50 dollars calculate he was getting paid almost twenty eight hundred bucks a week in uh, today dollars for the Batman, and which I mean, great, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, but that show had some star power behind it. It had, I mean, like the Rogues Gallery was great. They always had crazy cameos and guests. Uh huh. It was a. It was quite the show. And it apparently, was, the, so apparently the reason that it got canceled was just because even though it was a ratings darling. It uh, cost too much money. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the production value on the show was... I mean, it was like... To me, it feels like one of the closest things we've ever gotten to, like, on-screen stage. Yeah. Like, the sets were not stellar in terms of quality, but they were big and very sta like very stage play-esque, right? Like, they had... The big details were right, and they were big and large sets. But, like, there wasn't a ton of attention to detail in a lot of it. Like, it was all goofy and flat, but it was all... You clearly fabricated, right? But that uh -huh. thing was clearly fabricated in a lot of cases. The costumes were all ridiculous. Every performer was, like, going. Like, they were at a 15. Yeah. Everybody. Across the board. Like, bonker stuff, but it's so much fun to watch, and it makes it so charming to watch now, because it's like, this. there hasn't been a show like this. There wasn't a show like this really before it, and there certainly hasn't been a show like that after, especially with a character like Batman. Yeah. Like, that's some wild shit. It is. I know you've watched a bunch of it. Uh, I've watched all of it. You've watched all of it, so you, you would know that better than most, but... Yeah. It is a, it is a wild thing, so the fact mm -hmm. that... And, and again, like, they're paying him, you know, $350 a week in 1966 dollars, and, you know, it's like, here, get smaller penis. Yeah, exactly. Because again, let's. Uh, so in all fairness, they did it to Doctor Manhattan recently in the Watchmen yep. movie. Yep. Yo, assuming, bud, your dick is too big. Assuming he got paid every week of the year, that's a hundred and forty-five thousand dollars a year job in you know modern times money. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Also, because I'm thinking about it now, Otto Preminger as Mister Freeze is so good in that show. So weird. Yeah. So weird. That's why I love it. It's so out there. I mean, fucking, I mean, like, Vincent Price, Roddy McDowell. I mean, like, there were so many crazy villains on that show. Julie Newmar, Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's pretty insane. Like, just, I mean, we have Burgess Meredith. You have uh, Frank Gorshin. And John Astin. Yeah. Yep. In the weird, yeah, early Frank Gorshin Riddler. in season one, John yeah. Astin in season two, then Frank Gorshin in season three again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really strange stuff. Yeah, just but the fact all, that Vincent really Price good. played Egghead. Like, yes. That's mm -hmm. so weird. Yeah, Roddy McDowell was bookworm. Yeah. Like, weird made-up characters for the... Like, it's so fucking weird, but so great. The fact that Roddy McDowell came back later to do Batman the Animated Series was just... Mm. 
Yep. So good. If you're really a Batman nerd, it was just such a great little bit of business. And he was the Mad Hatter for God's sake. So come that's on. Pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, I think that's uh, going to call us to the end of this podcast. If you like what you're hearing, it's www.superliminalfilms.com. You can also be found on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Bye, everybody. You diabolical dick-shrinking motherfuckers. <laughs>